Aldoon. Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Cold Seat Mock Draft Monday 2.0 coming at y'all today. Um, Going to be coming out Monday morning. However, we are recording this Saturday afternoon. So if something happens between now and when it drops, then we didn't account for it. You know why. Um, yeah, we're going one round today. We're going to have the same picks we had last week, although this round we cannot make any trades. Uh, so it'll probably go by a little bit smoother. And, you know, just kind of going to go off what teams still have remaining as their needs and go from there. So I believe you are up with the first pick. And with the Carolina Panthers, uh, they traded up, like we mentioned last week, with the Chicago Bears to acquire that top overall pick. Yeah, I'll uh, put the Bear over up with the uh, the Panthers at one here. Um, Going to switch it up. I went Stroud last week. Uh, I'm just going to keep it be a little bit different. Um, I really, like I said, the odds are so heavy on Stroud right now. I think it's a little much. I think if they're going to do their homework. Um, I'm going to go with Bryce to switch it up this week. Um, again, I want to keep it a little bit different. Um, and I think Bryce is well worthy of a first overall pick. We've talked about a lot. So I'll go Bryce Young here. Um, switched it up from Stroud last week. And obviously that should change pick at two. Since Bryce was the pick at two last week, I kind of assume it kind of follows suit here. Um, but yeah, switch it up with Bryce at one this week. Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, all the top QBs pretty much had their pro days within the last few days. They all impressed. Um, they all had a good bit of a crowd there. Uh, the Panthers. And the Texans, I believe, were all three. I know for sure the um, Panthers and Seahawks were. Um, but I like it. I think that's definitely a option for the Panthers and definitely one they're considering between him or Stroud. Um, but, yeah, that leaves Stroud at the second overall pick for the Houston Texans, and they're going to go with him. I think this is a pretty good option for them if, you know, Bryce isn't on the board. They might. They might like Bryce better. Um, however, I think they're fine with Stroud, the more you know, prototype um, of the two. And depending on what they put around the quarterback is ultimately going to help, you know, kind of most of the most of the quarterback success early on. But I think either of those two guys would be a safe bet for the Texans. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely like it for them. I I think that these two guys be these two are going to be one and two. What order we don't really know yet, and uh, we may not know on. On April 27th, you know, it's 6.59 p.m. before the draft opens. We may not know. We might. We may, we may know in three weeks, you know. Um, but right now we don't. And um, But like I said, both these two guys are great options for both teams. Um, but I'm up here with the Arizona Cardinals at three. Um, popular trade-out spot. The rumor is that Arizona wants to get out of this this pick. Um, you know, next week we're going to be doing trades. Um, kind of going forward, we'll be doing some trades. I do think this is a draft night move because um, I think Arizona – you know, unless it's Indy just flopping with them, which, I mean, it could happen right now. It could happen, you know, um, on draft night. We don't really know. But this it wouldn't shock me if they moved out, if they moved out of this pick. But um, with this being a no-trades mock, we're, I'm going to go ahead and take Will Anderson here. Um, pretty easy if they're going to stick and pick. It's going to be Will. Um, you kind of look at what Jonathan Gannon was able to do with the edge group uh, in Philly. Um, coming over there to, to Arizona with an edge group that lost. J.J. Watt to retirement. Zach Allen to free agency. And it's pretty sparse. Um, they need to get an edge guy in there. And. Um, while Jalen Carter's probably the most talented player in the draft, just like off pure talent, um, you've got to take into account the off the field stuff. And um, regardless, I think I think Will is going to be a more valuable pick for Arizona. Um, getting a guy in the edge room to kind of solidify it, and uh, maybe you find IDL later on in the draft where hit rates a little bit higher on on day two IDLs than it is for edge players. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Will Anderson seems like the most popular pick to Arizona if they do stay at three. So I like it. Um, should feel feel a huge need for them. Obviously, J.J. Watt retiring. They lost Chandler Jones the year prior to the Raiders. So definitely a big hole on the end of the D-line there. Uh, fourth pick, we have the Indianapolis Colts on the clock. And it's tough here. Um, you know, ultimately seems like they're going quarterback. But which quarterback, we don't really know. I do want to bet on, you know, the guy that's a little more athletic or you know, the guy that has the cannon arm. Although they both, you know, have a good arm. But it's tough. Um, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I haven't heard a whole lot on what they prefer. Um, we did go Anthony Richardson last week. And I think it's tough for them to go with Levis over Anthony Richardson at this point. So I'm going to stick with it. Um, and, yeah, while I do think it's an option for them to go either way, I just think Richardson's the more likely pick. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, Raise me with Seattle here at five. Um, a lot of buzz this week about Seattle. Um, heard a couple thoughts on their pick at five that kind of has um, opened my eyes a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with Will Levis here at five for them because if you look at the team they have assembled and the division that they're in, the Rams are going to be bad for the next couple of years. The Cardinals are going to be bad for at least next season. When is Seattle going to be picking here again in this Pete Carroll era? And it seems like they're on the right track. It seems like they, I mean, they have Geno for, you know, they, they're not locked in for full, three full years. They're probably locked in for, if they had to get rid of him after a year, they could, um, you know, but it's probably like, you know, a two-year timetable, I think. And Geno's not getting any younger. Geno's, what, 32, 33 years old. Um, he's not young by any means. So, again, when when are they going to be in a position to draft a quarterback of this caliber prospect this high in the draft again? Um without trading up. I think it's a luxury you're picking here. I think you can get an edge player at 20 while it's not going to be Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson. Like it could be Lucas Van Ness, who's got a super high ceiling. It could be, you know, Nolan Smith or Miles Murphy. So, you know, I think they need to get better up front. They did sign Dremont Jones. Like they, they filled a lot of their glaring needs to put themselves in this position to do this in the draft. And I think that they've met with all the, they've done, they've met with every single quarterback. I don't think Richardson has had his pro day yet. So they're going to meet with him. I think he's the one quarterback that hasn't. I believe he has his later this week. So, um, you know, but they they actually they've posted like selfies with all the quarterbacks on their Instagram. It's kind of funny. Um, but no, I, I truthfully think that like quarterback is in play for them here. And the more I think about it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think I, I would prefer Richardson for them because I think that gives you the flexibility with Geno where you look at Will and you go, well, shoot, man, Will Levis is like 23. And not that that's old, but it's like, hey, we want to get Will on the field pretty soon, whereas Richardson, he's 20 years old. You can sit there and go, yeah, yeah, we're okay letting him sit for almost two full seasons. Um, you know, again, it's just it's more of like a time is of the essence. Like, we're here. We may not ever be here again with this regime and this staff. We might as well pick it while we – make the pick while we can. You know what I mean? So very different than what we've all that we've kind of all we've talked like what we've talked about for a long time when doing these positional rankings is like, hey, it's probably edge or DT, um, you know, here for for Seattle. But in this case, again, I think with this new information and really thinking about it through a different lens, I think quarterback makes a lot of sense for them here. For sure. Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, something a little different. Obviously, you know, four quarterbacks in the first five picks hasn't been um, 
too hot of a prediction uh, as of late, uh, just in terms of realistic moves, being that this is a no-trades mock. Uh, but I do like it. I do see the uh, reasoning behind it. I think it could be a really uh, genius move looking back on it from, you know, Snyder, Carroll, all those guys uh, in a couple years. When, you know, Geno's time is probably up, um, at least with that organization, just trying to move on to uh, the younger guys and stuff like that, getting a little bit younger. Um, But I do like it. That takes quarterback off the board for pretty much most likely the rest of the first round. Although if this were to happen, uh, you would look at guys like Hendon Hooker and his stock would be going up. Um, in terms of where he could be drafted, being that these four guys above him in the rankings are all gone by the fifth pick. So sixth pick, the lines are up here. Uh, the pick they acquired from the Los Angeles Rams in the Matthew Stafford trade. And I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Jalen Carter here. I think it makes the most sense to me. They do need a D tackle. Um, they are a little bit thin. I'm going to go Carter. They can always go. Uh, they pick at 18 as well. They can always go, you know, corner or something like that a little later on, uh, whether it be 18 or in the second round. But I like Jalen Carter here. I think this is a really good spot uh, for Detroit to get him. I think it's realistic. And, yeah, so I'm going to do that. It, I mean, in terms of the other needs, safety, tight end, a wide receiver, it's all kind of interesting spot for them to go any of those positions here. So I'm going to – Lock in uh, Jalen Carter. No, I like it. Um, I definitely see it. I think they could use him or Tyree Wilson, just a defensive lineman there. Um, ultimately, it's going to come down to, like we talked about, how does the Lions front office feel about Jalen Carter and are they comfortable picking him? Um, you know, and a lot of stuff's probably cleared up by then. So NFL, te- NFL teams will have their answer to that question far earlier than the draft. And I think most may already have it. Um, if they haven't with Carter yet, they're going to. Um, but that brings me here with the Vegas Raiders at seven, no quarterback. I mean, they're not going to take head hooker here. Um, so no quarterback available for him. Um, all the corners are on the board. All the tackles are on the board. They could go Tyree Wilson as well, but I'll hold off on that because I think that this would be a trade out spot. Honestly, if they were sitting here on draft night, I think a team is moving up to get a defensive end to get Tyree Wilson or probably get cornered one ahead of. Um, or maybe even tackle one. Like I could see, frankly, I could see Pittsburgh jumping up 10 picks to get tackle one here. Um, I could see Tennessee doing it as well. So, um, but in this case, no trades mock. I'm actually going to go with Peter Skaronsky here, who's not my tackle one. Um, a lot of people's tackle one, and I think Peter Skaronsky is a great player. There's not a lot of separation for me between tackle one and tackle three. Um, but what I will say is I think that they've got Colton Miller playing left tackle. I think um you know Peter Skaronsky gives you the greatest positional flexibility so maybe if you don't want to play him at tackle right away you can play him at guard if you want to play him at right tackle you can I think he's more than capable to do that um he was recruited as a center um to Northwestern as a, as a high-end pros- center prospect at coming out of high school um so they can kind of play him I know they, they like Dylan Parm at right guard left guard um but you go from center to right tackle they could use um somebody somebody at all those spots as an upgrade and I think that Getting Peter Skronsky gets the best five on the field um, up front for them, and I think that's going to be critical. That they, they seem pretty locked in on Jimmy G. Again, if Will Levis was here, I probably would have picked him for him, but I picked him at five for the Seattle Seahawks. So, um, you know, the, the best thing they can do here is, and I know they need defensive help, but they have picks later on, and I really think that, that priority one for them should be, hey, we got to keep Jimmy upright. Jimmy's had injury problems his whole career. 
And if you're going to go put him behind an offensive line, that's not going to be that improved. If, if your best improvement is a round two pick or round three pick, eh, it, that, that doesn't move the needle for me in year one. You're not going to expect above average starting level of play from a, a second round rookie right out the gate. And they need a guy who's going to come in and be a really solid offensive lineman for Jimmy. Um, and I think that that's Peter Skaronsky here. Um, and then I don't know where they play him. They could play him at guard, center. I, they, he probably doesn't play center. Play guard, could play tackle. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is the pick for them here. Get an offensive lineman to project, protect Jimmy and and give Josh Jacobs some easier running lanes as well. Yeah, I like that. Um, this is earlier than I think most people think. You know, the O linemen are going to start going at least offensive tackles. But I really like the pick. I mean, I have the Raiders' need listed as offensive line because really at at least three positions on that offensive line uh, they could improve vastly. So I like the pick, like you said, uh, with his versatility allows them to put out of all those guys, the best ones um, on the field at the position that they thrive at the most. That brings up the eighth pick here, eighth overall. The Atlanta Falcons are up. Interesting um, scenario here for them. They could use offensive linemen. Obviously, they re-signed Chris Lindstrom. Uh, They have a couple others. They have a couple holes on that O-line. They could go edge, which I believe we went last week with Tyree Wilson. And they could also use a corner. And we we do have all the corners available. Obviously, they have A.J. Terrell. They signed Jesse Bates, but they do need another corner opposite of Terrell. So I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. I really like this pick for them. It's a, a pick that I don't think many people have talked about in terms of fits because either they'll think Gonzalez will be gone by then or that they'll wait on corner. And while it you know, it could be smart to wait on corner being with the depth of the class and that they have higher picks in each round. Um, I just think with all the guys there that they can pick from, I think it's really a really good opportunity for Atlanta to jump on it and get the guy they want. Yeah, no, Atlanta's always a team that seems to make a pick that's, I don't want to say off the wall, but it's not what's predicted. Corners definitely are higher on their board than people think. Um, I will say with Gonzalez too, like, it allows them maybe to move Casey Hayward inside of the slot if they want to. I mean, he's not getting any younger. Um, you know, obviously, he's a great corner for them, so he's played a really good ball, but he's not getting – he's not he's, he's old. Um, so maybe it allows them to move him inside, uh, maybe slide him back to safety if they wanted to. I know they, they have Richie Grant and Jesse Bates, but they want to kind of move those guys around and maybe slot Casey, um, you know, at a position where he's less pressed to be – you know, have the long speed and that kind of thing. Um Gonzalez allows them to have a maybe one of the best young corner duos in football. Um, I'm a big Gonzalez fan. I know you are as well. So I love that pick for them. The Bears here at nine is an interesting one because they've never been in a position to have a premier edge rusher on the board. Um, and this is interesting to me. I, you know, I want to go with Paris Johnson Jr., but Tyree Wilson's available for them, and they've they. We we haven't done a mock where this has been the case, and their defensive line is pitiful. I mean, it's it's just bad. They they don't have any edge rushers. Um, you know, I think that when I when I when I've run through mocks, when I look at the class of tackles, I go, you know, one somebody, and they pick it what thirty three. So, so or no, they don't pick at thirty three. That no, that is Pittsburgh's pick. Regardless, they've been aggressive before. They could move up and get a tackle because I think you look at Philly at 30, you look at 
man, even like even Cincinnati could move down if they don't love the board. So there's a team that could that could trade up. Shoot, I, genuinely, the Ravens can move out of the first round. I think the Chargers can move out of the first round. Something they've never done under Tom Cotelesco, but they've been unorthodox in their in their process the last two years. The Ravens are always a team that moves that likes to trade down. Could see Seattle move down from 20 if they wanted to. So I really think that they're a team that can be aggressive and get up to the top of the first. Um, or or top of the second round or late in the first round and get an Anton Harrison, a Dewan Jones, or Darnell Wright. Uh, I actually really like Matthew Bergeron as well. So they're a team that could wait on tackle. There's also some veteran tackles available in the market, and they they're they're not going to get a chance to get a defender this good in Tyree Wilson. So I'm going to go Tyree Wilson um, against every bone in my body that says take the tackle for Justin Fields. They gotta they gotta start building the defense at some point, right? They gotta start getting the defense a little. I mean, I know they just spent a bunch of money on T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, but like outside of that, the defense is still not good. I'm not high on Brisker, not really high on Kyler Gordon in year two, both those guys. So, um, gotta go the defender here and at least try and get that defensive line better. Yeah, I get that. I mean, D line is a huge hole for them right now. Losing Khalil Mack, they didn't really do anything to replace him and just have really a hole all across the D-line. So Tyree, uh, while maybe it isn't the biggest um, need or maybe that he has the best war, maybe, if you could put it like that, uh, over having, you know, drafting a tackle here, I really like it. I think he'll flourish there, um, instantly become one of the leaders on the defense as a whole, not even, you know, more than the D-line. Overall, a pretty young defense that has, you know, some good young talent. And, you know, you look at Jaquan Brisker, um, but Tyree being up front, I think will be really beneficial just with how versatile he is, um, and what they can do with him and on a defensive line that has no roles solidified. Um, 10th pick, we had the Philadelphia Eagles and the pick they acquired from the New Orleans Saints in a little swap in the draft last year, uh, you know, moving around, I think the Saints wanted an extra pick, Philly got an extra one this year. Um, so yeah, they're picking here at 10. They could use a wide receiver three. Uh, their wide receiver three right now is like Quez Watkins, I believe. Use a running back. Um, they have Boston Scott. They have Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Sean Penny. Right, Sean Penny. Uh, they could use a DB. You know, you look at safety, more pertinent need than corner. Um, they did resign James Bradbury, and they restructured Darius Slay. Um, so I think they wait on corner just because of how deep the class is. Um, and then they could use, you know, off-ball linebacker, which wouldn't make wouldn't make sense in the first round, uh, but definitely a hole for them. I mean, Nakobe Dean's going to be starting. You probably want another guy next to him, whether you know they sign someone or draft someone to pair with Dean. Uh, I don't know if they want two young guys in the middle, but I think what I'm going to do here, I'm between Brian Branch and JSN, and I think they can't, they, they're not taking receiver here. Yeah. There's no, there's no chance in hell they're taking a receiver here. That's that's at least that what how the way Howie's operated, they just spent a premium pick on receiver. Dude, they can get a receiver at thirty. That my thought is like, hey, they probably get a receiver at thirty, and right. they value that they they value the defense side of the ball way too much. That's what I mean, because I because I went through this in my head earlier. I was like, like, yeah, they could take a receiver, but they valued like picking here. They value the defense way too much. And that's what got them to the Super Bowl, right? So I don't know. I just. The offense is fine, I think. They don't think they need a receiver. I mean, they could take one. I just, like, thinking about it earlier, I was like, man, I, I don't know if they would take her. Like, because they could. Um, I just don't. 
I think the defense, like the defensive, like the defensive backfield is not getting younger, right? They've got to get in there and get like, it's not a guarantee Slay's on the team next year. I mean, that's the other thing. Like you look at his contract, it's an ugly cap number next year. I don't think Bradbury's is great either. So I don't know. I think, I think it's defense for them here, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, thinking about receivers, I just thought they needed a slot. I know they spent technically a first rounder last year on AJ Brown. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that'd be three straight first rounders on a right, receiver. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking when I was going through this pick, thinking about what they could use. Well, they could use a slot, and JSN would work great in that offense. Um, I'm going to stick with Brian Branch. We went with him last week, but I just think it makes the most sense for that secondary in terms of his role over going with the true corner. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Branch, keep it uh, the same from last week. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like Branch to them. Um, it, it fills a role. It, again, it allows them to kind of be more multiple on the back end. Um, I know we talked before this. I was saying, like, man, with with the Eagles at 10, it's like if Gonzalo – I mean, honestly, Gonzalo's, Witherspoon, Porter, like all the all the DB, and then Branch, all the top DBs make sense to them because it allows them to be a little more multiple. You can slide Slay different places. Like, if you want to move Slay inside, you can. If you want to move Maddox back to a safety spot and kind of – let them roam. You know, they assigned Terrell Edmonds from the Pittsburgh Steelers on a cheap deal. They still got Reed Blankenship, who they drafted, I believe, in the, what, fourth round last year or something like that. Um, I think so. But, you know, they could get better there, in all honesty. So, um, I like to pick with, their, with Branch for them. Branch can play safety until like, he played um, kind of a, a modified safety slot hybrid role against Tennessee with those wide splits. So, um, and I think Branch can kind of play anywhere on the football field. So, I love that pick for them. Titans here at 11 is pretty easy. This is going to be a tackle. Um, I'm going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. Um, I think they're going to like his size better than Roderick Jones' size. I think they're going to like the, the relative athleticism a little bit better. Um, and I, mean, I think the NFL is going to like him better than Broderick Jones. I think there's – Paris is more of a complete product, and I think Jones is has a, a little bit maybe of a better projection. But, again, both these guys are great. The I think I believe on my board right now, if I go back and look, they're right next to each other. Yeah, it's Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. at 12 and 13. Like, they're right there. Um, so they're interchangeable for me. I just think the Titans will like Jones or Johnson better. Just He's a little bigger. Historically, obviously, they have a new GM, but Vrabel's still there. Um, they've always kind of preferred bigger tackles. And I think, well, Johnson's a little bit bigger than Jones, so I think they're going to go with him. Um, so, yeah, Paris Johnson. It's an easy pick for, ta- for me to go tackle there, though. Definitely. It makes sense. Last week, we had... Tennessee trading uh, from 11 to 9 to draft Will Levis. Um, kind of get someone in that quarterback room that could take over after, you know, Malik, Malik Willis looked a little bit underwhelming. Brian Tannehill, obviously, um, you know, on the back stretch of his career. That brings me to number 12 in the Houston Texans pick that they acquired from the Cleveland Browns in the Deshaun Watson trade. Tough decision here. We did go with JSN last week. Um, could go with him again. I have thought about it. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other receivers, but with give CJ JSN, right? Yeah, <laughs> got to do it. You know, it seems too easy. Um, that's probably what I'm going to do. I assume the likelihood of if if they do draft Stroud over Young, um, or I guess if Young is if Stroud is left for them, and they opt to go with him, and Bryce is gone, I think the likelihood that they do draft JSN at 12 increases 
um, over them drafting Bryce just because of the chemistry, um, keeping the continuity along the offense. I think it'll accelerate JSN's potential um, and just his production. So I'm going to go with JSN to the Texans at 12. Um, it makes sense. It, it, it fits good, and it you know it fills a need. So it'd be hard if they're not sick with their spoon, though. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Like staring them in the face to pair with to pair with. The pair with Stingley would be tough. But, again, it's a deep corner class, and they don't need to get a CB. I don't think they need a CB1. Like, they could take Keely Ringo at the top of the, the, top of the second round, or they could take Cam Smith if he's there, Emmanuel Forbes. Like, I think there's – I don't know. I think the scarcity at wide receiver and the fact they just traded Brandon Cooks is what pushes that there. But, but again, it would be hard not to, right? Like, you look at it staring you in the face. So, um, But I like Jason. There's the best receiver in the class, and they – head and shoulders above everybody else. So um, Jets up here at 13. I believe I took Broderick Jones last week for them, and I'm going to be boring to the exact same thing. Um, unfortunately, that's just what they – I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. Like, they need a tackle. Um, he's the best one available, and they don't really need corner. They don't really need receiver. Like, you look at the board, it's like the best – it's, you know, tight end, corner, edge – and receiver and they don't need any of those positions i think they're fine at tight end they're really they're very 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 well set at receiver um and and they i actually like their edge room for what like you know for what it is they took jermaine johnson last year i think they have some solid depth there i mean you look at car or shack or not Shaq leonard um carl lawson what's well, it shack leonard that's weird um carl carl lawson's still there if he can be healthy they have a good year they really like john franklin myers a lot um Signed Solomon Thomas. They, have, uh, they obviously have Quinn and Williams kind of anchoring the whole front. So I like the pick there for them. Um, again, I like their edge group, so I'm going to go tackle. And it's uh, Spoiler alert, it's going to be tackle at every 13th overall pick for them probably. I don't know how they don't pick a tackle. Right, I agree. Uh, definitely a hole they need to fill, You know, whether it be a vet signing or – through the draft here at 13, uh, which makes the most sense for the tackles. If one of the top three guys is available, you have to go with them most likely. That brings me to the 14th pick. The New England Patriots are on the clock. And last week, we went with Peter Skaronsky. Um, This week, we're going to go with Devon Witherspoon. Love it. They... They had Jonathan Jones they re-signed, but outside of that, they don't really have anyone. Obviously, last year they lost J.C. Jackson. They have Marcus Jones, who's a rookie, more of a special teamer than a corner. Um, they have Jack Jones, who doesn't really do a whole lot on the back end, more of a slot-type guy. So they definitely could use a corner, and this is just a great fit for them um, with a spoon falling right to him and should have instant impact from day one. I love it. That, that's the pick I would have made. It was it's easy for me. He, he seems like ve- like a very very much a patriot. You know what I mean? Just the way he plays, I was soundy as technically. He just seems like a patriot. Not the not the biggest size speed length guy, but he's just this really good, really 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 sound technical player. So a big fan there for um for Bill and add to the rich corner pedigree that he's had in his career um as a head coach there. Up here with the Green Bay Packers at fifteen, um. Quentin Johnston, Dalton Kincaid, and um, Michael Mayer are staring them in the face, and they're going to give them a big middle finger, and they're going to take a defensive player. Um, I think I'm going to go Nolan Smith here. Um, they, while they tend to like bigger edge rushers, they also 
they really, really like high athlete, like high end athletes. Um, and I don't think they necessarily need. It's tough because like I, Kenny Clark's really a defensive defensive tackle. Um, he's listed as like a like a, a defensive end on their on their you know little deal on their depth chart, but um, I don't know how much longer Preston Smith is there. I don't know if Rashawn Gary's getting another contract there, so I think they're gonna go Nolan Smith. Um, I mean, I want to take Quentin Johnson for him, but I just don't think they're gonna take her. Like Gunta Kuntz has never taken a receiver early, and I don't think, I don't think it's gonna start now. They love the Georgia products. They took two in the first round last year. He makes sense for them here. He provides really good run support from day one. Like he's the best edge available left. So I'm going to go Nolan Smith here at 15. Um, bet on the trades, bet on the upside, um, and take the just elite athlete. Like you can kind of move around on the defensive front. I like it. Yeah, that'll that'll be nice. Um, the chemistry he'll have with Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt as well, um, whom they both took la- – or. Packers took both of them last year early in the draft. Um, next on the clock, Washington Commanders at 16. We're halfway through this first round. Commanders could go a lot of different directions here. Um, they do have a good bit of needs. But I think just looking at what we did last week, we had the Commanders taking Joey Porter Jr., which made a ton of sense. Um, but I think we'll mix it up a little bit this week. You know, get Sam Howell, um, someone that could help him out. And they've been looking for a guy like this for a few years now. And I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid. I'm going to put Kincaid on the commanders. Um, obviously, I think the enemy will have a fun time with him. Use him similarly to Travis Kelsey in terms of uh, personnel packages. Uh, I think they're a similar style. Obviously, it's tough comparing someone to Travis Kelsey, but just in terms of the way they play, I think it's very similar and it'll ease the transition, not only for the enemy, but for whatever quarterback takes over, presumably Sam Howe. Yeah, I, I love the pick. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense when you look at the enemy background. He's he's going to be the head coach in 2024. I mean, this time next year is going to be the head coach. Um, and they're probably going to be picking in the top five picks. and They're probably going to be taking a quarterback. Like, unless Sam Howell lights... Like Sam Howell, unless Sam Howell lights it up, this changes the whole complex of what they're going to do, the whole organization. They're hoping Sam Howell lays an egg. And I hate I hate to say that they're playing on his downfall, but they kind of are. Hoping he kind of lays an egg. It allows him to go pick in the top five, take Caleb Williams or Drake May, and then make the enemy the head coach. Um, which is ultimately what I think is going to happen. It's probably the right course of action. Um, Ron's been there a while. The whole organization is kind of turning over all at once here with ownership. One of these days is going to get sold, and they're going to have a new ownership and new everything. So, um, you know, it makes sense to me. I love the pick. I love the fit. Um, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think Logan Thomas, obviously there, but outside of that, I don't love the tight end room at all. And I think um, Kincaid allows you – he's not just an inline tight end. You can line him up in the slot. You can line him out, out wide. You kind of put him wherever you want, um, and, he'll, and he'll play a good ball. So love that pick there for them. Up here at the Steelers at 17, this is another easy one for me. It's going to be Joey Porter, Joey Porter Jr., Going to follow in his dad's footsteps. They could use a tackle there, but um, believe I haven't believe I had him taking Eric Anton Harrison last week. Um, and frankly, they're picking at 33 or 32, really. So if they want to move right. up and get him ahead of, honestly, the lucky for them when you look at the the rest, like and you go from Detroit all the way to KC at 31, nobody really needs a left tackle there, which is the which is the nice thing. Like they, Jacksonville's got. 
you know, Greg Robinson. You've got Chargers with Slater, the, the, the Seahawks have Cross, maybe the Bucks, but I don't think they're I don't think they're taking a tackle there. Like that's just I don't know if they're gonna take Anton Harrison that early. Um I mean you look at the Giants, the Cowboys, the Bills, all these teams, the Bengals, the only thing that threatens them is at twenty nine with the with the um with the Saints, but they just took Pennings. They're they're invested in him. Eagles Chiefs all have tackles, so Ravens have a tackle, and I don't think they're taking a tackle there to replace Ronnie Stanley this early. So they're in a position to either sit and pick and get Harrison or move up and get Harrison. So um, don't have to reach here for him. I'm going to take Joey Porter Jr. Um, and get the, and see if he can follow the legacy of his dad. Obviously, his dad was a more of a linebacker, not an actual corner. But um, the Porter the Porter families had had good success in Pittsburgh. So um, Joey can probably keep that going as as good as his game is. Yeah, I like that. Uh, really easy pick there. Um, seems like it makes sense if he's there for them to take him. And I would like it, honestly. Um, I just hope that they don't take a tackle, one of the top three tackles at 17. That would be annoying for me personally. I don't think I don't think one's making it there, to be honest. You look, you look at the needs either. ahead of them. Like, New England right. needs a tackle. Washington could take a tackle. And then, you, I mean, you look at Vegas could use a tackle like we talked about. We went there today. Chicago's likely picking a tackle. If, if Ty, I don't think Tyree's there. Ultimately, it fell that way in this draft. But again, they could take a tackle. Philly could theoretically. Like, every team from from 7 to 14, except minus the Texans, could probably take. And even they could take a right tackle. Every team could take a tackle there. So I don't, they're going to have to go. We've talked about it. They have to move up to get a tackle in this draft. So, um, But they're in a position to sit and wait if they want to. They don't have to take one there. So, um, But yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to top three tackle unless they move up and get trade capital. I agree. Um, it would be tough for that to actually happen. I don't think it will. Um, the next on the clock, we do have the Detroit Lions with their own first rounder, uh, 18th overall pick. And with that pick, um, there's a few different ways I could go here. You know, they could go wide receiver. We had them taking Jordan Addison last week. They could go tight end. Um, it's tough, honestly, to think about. Um, I didn't have quite as tough time with it last week. Um, but just thinking about it overall, thinking about Zay Flowers, thinking about Kalaja Kansi. Can I tell um, you my favorite fit here for them? Just to float it to you and see what you think. Darnell Washington. He's, su- he's such a Dan Campbell player, dude. They're going to love him. Not that you should take him here, but like, I think he's gonna yeah. go earlier than people think. Like I like I thought about him at fifteen to the Packers because it's like God, they just just want to run the ball. They just want to have a good offensive line. But dude, you know you know Dan Campbell's gonna get in a room with him and just fall in love. No, for sure, I agree. Um, that would make perfect sense. But Michael Mayer is still on the board here, and he was one of the three or four guys I was eyeing up for the Lions. I think I'm going to go with Mayer. Um, you know, there's a there's a good spot for him to go. I think he's going to provide a lot for that offense that um, doesn't really have a ton of weapons now that you lose Jamal Williams. There's a lot of holes on offense, personnel-wise, outside of Amon or St. Brown. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Mayer. They need a tight end pretty badly. And I mean, I just like the spot, like the fit, like the need. So I'm uh, going to go with that for the line. Got the Bucks up here at 19. 
I believe last week we had him take Nolan Smith. Um, Lucas Van Ness was gone. They're going to look Nolan Smith here this week. For, or Lucas Van Ness was gone for last week. He's on the board here. Not going to take an edge player, though. Um, they're drafting a quarterback next year, I think. Um, I don't think Taylor Heineke or Kyle Trask is that guy. Or no, Heineke is in Atlanta. I don't think Baker or um, Trask. Kyle Trask is that guy. I think they want to move on. And I don't love the offensive. I, I like the receivers, obviously, between Godwin, Russell Gage, and Mike Evans. They 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 really like they really really like Kate Otten, so they wouldn't take a tight end here. Right. Um, there's rumors that Tristan Wirfs is going to go play left tackle for him, which, I mean, regardless of whether he plays right or left tackle, like he's getting he's going to be the top paid tackle in football. Like position's not going to matter for him because he's that good. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they if they moved him over to the left side, um, or at least tried it in camp and see how it goes. Um. And I think right now they're going to stick with what they've got. They took Logan Hall last year. Didn't see a lot of playing time this year. They still got Shaq Barrett. Um, I think they could wait to invest in the edge group later on. Um, so I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson, the rookie quarterback's best friend next year. Um, I wanted to find a spot for him early. If I was picking odds or evens, I won't say where because I'm picking evens next week, I think. But there are places ahead of here that I would have picked him at the evens, um, which – he could go there. He could go way earlier, way later. Um, but I think that here at 19, it makes sense when you look at what they're going to have like, bring back next year. Um, you know, they, 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 I don't know how they feel about Rashad White. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a lead back either. Um, and I think Bijan is best suited to go to a team where he's not toting the rock 20 times a game like he did at Texas. He's got to be somewhere where he can get his carries. He can get his, his touches in the passing game. Um, and not have to be a bruiser at the same time. So I think Rashad White can kind of carry that load as well. Um, obviously didn't bring back, uh, or not going to bring back uh, Leonard Fournette after they cut him. So going with uh, B. John Robinson here, I really like the fit. Again, I think quarterback next year for him. Having B. John makes that quarterback's life a, a hell of a lot easier. And I think again, they're in a position with a veteran tackle market still. They could go get another guy. Um, they could probably draw again. I, there there are some second round tackles that I like a lot that I think could go play at a, at a serviceable level in the NFL. Um, and there's a couple of guys they could, if they wanted to move up for one, they could. I don't think they need to this year. They could probably sit and pick and maybe get one later. But, um, again, I think Bijan here makes a lot of sense. And for those that don't want to hear it, guys, he's getting drafted. in the first, like He's going to be picking the top 25 picks. The NFL just – CMC went eight. Fournette went five or four. Zeke went five. I mean, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne went 21 and 22, if I'm not wrong, or 22, 23, went back to back, and they're yeah. nowhere near the caliber running back prospect that Bijan Robinson is. So the the reality is, like, whether or not you think he's worth a top 20 pick or top 25 pick, the NFL's goal, like, historically, historic history tells us they are going to draft him early. Two years ago, two running backs went in the tight end 20s, back to back. And... I mean, B. John Robinson's a consensus top seven player. Daniel Jeremiah has talked about this a bunch where he's talked to almost every NFL exec and he doesn't have a single team that has told him, hey, he's out. Like everyone has said he's a top, it's top seven or better player for them. So again, positional value is kind of damned here uh, with, a, with a player that's this good. 
And I think ultimately this is kind of how the NFL is going to operate. Um, you know, we've seen two tight ends go in the top 18 picks here. Not a very high valued position sometimes, but it's a great class. They're difference makers and you don't find difference makers and blue chip players every single day in the draft. So Bijan here at 19, I think it, I think it fits really great for, for, for the bucks. And I think that, um, you know, they're, they're not a team that's, that's playing to win right now. They're a team that's playing to win in five years. So, or three years or four years, whatever the timetable is, it's not this year or next year. So Bijan's a pick you make, you invest in the rookie quarterback. It's going to be there next year. And you kind of keep it pushing here. Really like that. Um, you know, obviously I have him going to the chargers last week. I'm going to the bucks this week. Um, I think I'll have even a bigger role on the bucks just because of, you know, kind of what they have on that offense. They could use a guy that can, you know, go in the slot um, as you have Godwin and Evans out wide and, they need a running back. They need kind of a do-it-all guy, and I think Bijan's just that. So it should be a really good fit um, for them and a reasonable spot at 19 in the draft as well. At 20 here, Seahawks are on the clock. Last week we had them trading back to 24 and taking Zay Flowers. This week I'm between a couple guys. I'm between Lucas Van Ness and Miles Murphy. Uh, I think both would do really well there. Uh, you know, they nailed the draft last year. I think they're going to maybe not have a quite as good draft this year, but still should have a good draft overall. Um, it's a tough pick here. They went Will Levis at five, like we said. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to go with. But they can probably take a guard on day two, probably a third round. They'll take a, you know, a guard or a center type. Um, hmm. They still – so – I'll I'll kind of add some context. I think they still need to get bigger. Like Draymond Jones is great, right? But he's six three. So they can either of these are yes, he's he's basically six three. Both of these guys that are here are six five and taller. That's the thing I'd take into account. Um, Draymond Jones is two eighty one. He's pretty heavy, but. The, the question becomes, do you want the, the guy that's a huge projection in Van Ness, or do you want the guy that you think played a hell of a lot more snaps and does not have as high of a ceiling, but I think probably has a much higher floor in Murphy, who's still a projection, right. mind you, but for the, you know, for obviously Lucas Van Ness has made a huge jump since we last talked about at the edge group as a whole. And maybe we'll go over some of these guys a little more in depth that we moved up to our board that we really didn't talk about last time. We did that during he's what in January. So he's a huge projection, didn't play a lot, but he's more multiple than Murphy is. So that's another thing you have to take into account. I think Jermont Jones is pretty multiple. Ultimately, it's it's what does Seattle feel comfortable with and what do they want? Um, kind of do they want the guy that they is maybe more situational early on, or do they want a guy that can play every single down? It I don't know. That's I, I don't know the answer to that, but both these guys are, I think, worth this pick. It's just a matter of who they feel comfortable with taking. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't have any insiders in the Seattle front office, but I think, uh, you know, that's a good point. What you said. I'm going to go with Miles Murphy. I think, like you said, it does offer some more size across that D line. And I think also, ultimately, the value here with him being at 20 is going to be big for Seattle, too. A team that, you know, took value pretty hardcore last year in terms of who they took when um, I like the fit as well. I think he'll pay off early on for them and, you know, kind of slide into a more of a leadership role um, on that defense. 
Yeah. No, and I, I, I didn't want to make it seem like I was advocating for Murphy. I was just, again, trying to paint the picture for both these prospects and the fit with Seattle, and they're more of a win-now mode. Um, I will say, I, th- I think Miles Murphy's been heavily forgotten about in this class with the uh, the meteoric rise of, of the Lucas Van Ness stock with just the supreme athlete. I mean, I'll tell you what, dude looks the part. Dude looks the part. He looks he looks phenomenal. He's one of the most like like aesthetically pleasing like looking edge players in this whole draft. Even just players in the whole draft, football players. He looks really really good in pads. He looks great in workouts. Like the guy looks every bit of the part. But he wasn't a starter. Why? Well, it wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, he was the best player on that defensive front on that defense. But at the same time, like. There's a lot of projection with him. And where do you play him? You know, Iowa played him on the inside, played him on the outside. So Murphy is more of a day one contributor, I think. Um, and he's still a freak athlete. Like everyone kind of forgets, like Miles Murphy is an absolute freak athlete. He's not Nolan Smith, but Nolan Smith's smaller. Miles Murphy's still a really good defensive end. Got a lot of pass rush. I mean, listen, when you when it clicks for Miles Murphy on tape, good lord, it is really good. So um, I like Miles Murphy there at 20. Up with the Chargers here at 21. You did take both tight ends off the board. So I'm a little salty, but not really. Um, they could take tight end here. Um, Darnell Washington is a guy that I would still take in the top 20. He's a top 25 player for me, I believe, right now on my board. He's 24 on my board right now, um, being candid about that. So they could take him. Um, it's very tempting to me to take him here. Um, although I think that they are fairly they, – they like their tight end room. They like Parham, Dylan Parham, Dylan Parham, um, that'd be the Raiders left guard, Donald Parham Jr. They just brought back, um, you know, I don't know where their, what their board's going to look like. Um, I think that they need an edge here and, and Lucas Van Ness certainly in play, um, which, which is tough. So this is why it's tough for me. Like when I get, when I get this and when it happens all the time, when I get this exact kind of deal in, in mock draft simulations where I'm sitting here going, well, is it Zay? Is it Addison? Is it? Van Ness, is it, you know, do I reach for, not reach, but do I kind of make the reach for versus what's on the board for um, Adarna Washington? Do I take Quentin Johnston? I don't I don't love the fit there personally. Um, or do I take Van Ness, kind of invest in the defensive front? Because um, ultimately the reality is with the Chargers, like Khalil Mack's gone next year. Um, and one of, it's likely that one of Mike Williams or Keenan Allen is also gone next year in the, in the offseason. So, um, it's a, t- it's, it's tough for me to kind of discern what to do here. Um, knowing how the front office operates and how they have operated this year. Um, they're very much in win now mode. Um, that said they have to get, they have to get deeper on the defensive front. Um, and while it's not my preference, I think that this is more of a predictive mock and not what I would prefer I also don't know how they're going to feel about Addison and Flowers both being a little smaller receivers. They tend to like bigger receivers. Um, and I think there are guys they can pick on day two that will perk, that'll pique their interest and um, yeah, they can find value in the second round at receiver. So I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness here. Um, just talked about a bunch. I won't spend too much time on him and more about the thought process behind the pick is that Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack played like what, three or four games. I didn't believe four games together last year, like full football games together. Um, and the defensive front wasn't very good last year, even when healthy. Um, just think they didn't have good linebacker play, and I think it's going to get better. I think Eric Kendricks is an upgrade from Drew Tranquil, um, and I think he's going to help Kenneth Murray's game. And when you look at Lucas Van Ness, is a guy who, if he's not pass rushing, 
could probably play him on the interior as, as a three tech if you wanted to to stop the run. Um, you could also it, it, it gives them the opportunity to give Joey and Khalil Mack a lot of rest and and kind of manage their snaps a little more while getting Lucas Vaness comfortable. And again, while he is a project, I lo- I love the prospect of getting him in a room with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, two absolute technicians of the game, masters of their craft. Um, two vet veterans. I mean, crazy to say that Joey Bosa is a veteran of the NFL now, but he's going into year eight. So that's kind of crazy to say out loud. Um, just got, I remember like he was rookie of the year. He was like my favorite player on the Chargers at the time when rookie of the year. So um, crazy to say that he's in year eight now. Kind of makes me feel old, even though I'm only 21 years old. Um, but Lucas Van Ness here, multiple, multiple nets up front, which Brandon Staley likes. Um, it's different from what we've kind of talked about on the pod with them going receiver or tight end. Um, even Bijan, he's not here, obviously. They're not going to take Jameer Gibbs. Um, but th- this is a pick for now in the future. And I think you think about the NASCAR packages with him, Khalil Mack, and Joey Bosa if they're all healthy. So ultimately, that's what drives the pick for me is just the depth up front. Um, they're not deep on the front anyways right now. I know they brought back Morgan Fox, but outside of him and Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson's rehabbing an injury. I don't know if they're going to bring back Braden Fajoko. So it's kind of dicey up front right now. So Van Ness here. Kalijah Kansi was a thought, but... He's too much of a niche player for me. I'm going to go with Van Ness. Kind of got long-winded there, but wanted to give some 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 context of the pick where I feel like I can provide the most amount of context with the Chargers, obviously. For sure, yeah. It makes the most sense. That's probably what I thought you were going to go with there. Um, but you said learning from those two guys for a year and then taking over as a starter, like full-time starter next year on the edge, I think will be really beneficial for Van Ness. I'm sure Van Ness would be thrilled. Um, and yeah, it makes sense. Like you said, all around. Um, well, I could go other other places. It overall makes the most sense. So um, I like it. It makes my pick pretty easy. Thought about going receiver. Um, probably. You know, you have Zay, Addison, Johnston on the board. I know I traded back to 29 last week and took Cam Smith. Um, but this week, I am going to stick with corner and take Deontay Banks here at 22. I wanted to be Quentin Johnson so bad. I just think... No, Banks is a good pick. Right. I think the Maryland connection, the Ravens will like a lot. Um, you know, they know him pretty well, obviously, being just down the road from where they play in College Park. And I just think overall, what the Ravens are looking for is going to be that kind of corner. You know, obviously Marcus Peters is still available and he'll probably come back fairly cheap if they do re-sign him, and that will obviously change their need in the first round. But I like Banks a lot. I do think they could go receiver. Um, We haven't gone receiver yet. But it's just tough overall, I think, for them. In the first round, I think they really like JSN. I think they like Addison. Uh, But I also think they could wait till day two and take a receiver ultimately i don't think they're going to pick at 22 um so maybe this isn't the most realistic for the ravens just because i don't think they're going to stay and pick i'll go with banks i really like banks i'd be happy with the pick um you know while you might need a little more development than your average first round corner i think it'll end up paying off in the end him being able to learn from marlon humphrey uh similar play styles similar size so i think it'll be nice plus he lives right around the corner which is great uh, Banks is great. Um, I was more just poking fun than I wanted it to be Johnson. Um, 
one because I love the fit there, keep him in purple. Um, but also because I'm going to be boring here, I didn't want I didn't want to pick him again. But listen, if he's there for Minnesota, he's the perfect fit for. That. He's the perfect complement to what they one already have, and two is bigger is to Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean, I don't know how it gets any like. Zay would be great, and I love Zay, and I love Addison. They're my wide receiver two and three, and Johnson's my four. But Johnson has the higher upside of the two of the, of the three of them. He's the highest upside, and I think he again. I talked about it last week. He allows Justin Jefferson to do to go wherever. Like I think ultimately Zay is probably going to be a mainly a slot guy, and Addison might be relegated there against teams with bigger corners because he's a little smaller. And I and trust me, I don't I don't think Addison. It doesn't bother me his size. It's more just about the fact that, like, Johnson allows you to be more multiple, and what Kevin O'Connell wants to do is be more multiple um, up front, and, or uh, not up front, but out wide. Um, so John, I'm going to go with Johnson here. I'm going to, again, keep him in purple this week. Uh, I know it's kind of boring and making the same, you know, player team fit and pick, but we haven't done that much today. We've been pretty unique this whole episode. Obviously, you know, I think every pick until now has been different than last week's. Um not every pick, but like I think going back to third, so 14 to now has been different. So apologies that I'm making the same pick again, but it just it makes too much sense for, too much sense for me. Um, I love the fit there again. It makes and it letting him learn how to be a more polished receiver. Um, getting be, to be in a room with Justin Jefferson's big, I think that's it gives him two big body receivers. It's an automatic mismatch for them. So um, he also he's also the best blocker of the group. I'll, I'll give him the well, best blocker of the remaining receivers which does matter. I think in Kevin O'Connell's offense um, and in quick game as well. So um, Johnson just seems like the best fit at receiver here for, for the Vikings. And, and honestly, if he was gone, I would have gone Addison. just, just to say like, I wouldn't have just gone different. Like they're taking, they, they are taking a receiver here. I fully believe that because their receiver room is got off lots of Justin Jefferson. So receiver was here. Just Johnson's Quentin Johnson was the best fit of the group that was remaining. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, it makes perfect sense for them. If he is there for him at 23, that leaves me at 24 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they could go a few different ways here. They have Evan Ingram at tight end. Well, I could use another tight end and Ingram was tagged. So it doesn't look like he'll be re-signed after the season. That is an option, but I don't think they go that way this early. Um, being that Ingram is still on the team for this season. They could go corner. Uh, you look at the corners and we have Cam Smith, um, Emmanuel Forbes are really the two main guys available. IOL, really Osiris Torrance is your main option there. I don't think, you know, John Michael Schmitz really, I don't think he'll go in the first, and I think guard is a bigger need for the Jags than center is. Right now it's between Torrance and Cam Smith. I don't know which way I want to go. They could also go Kalijah Kansi. Uh, that I've also thought about, but I'm just trying to think. I don't know if he what fits that front. They would go right. I'm just trying to think because I've thought about Kansas. I don't know if he's like he's such a niche player. I mean, he could play. Like, I mean, actually, he probably would work in that front. They have a they have a really good front, anyways. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, no, they they run a three four. He can't play there. They run a three four. He can't. Yeah. He's got. He has to go to a four three team, right? Yeah, they run. Yeah. Don't they run the Gus? Don't they run the Gus Bradley scheme here? Who's their defense coordinator? So. 
Um, uh, Mike Caldwell. Yeah, they're running that. They're running that that like that cover three scheme. They they can't they can't draft him here. I would love it. The player, the him being on that team would be great. But like, right. just personnel wise, he just I don't know where he fits in there. He's not he can't he can't play end in the NFL. He they can't widen him like Pittsburgh did. I don't think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really between Torrance and Cam Smith. I just they probably go Cam Smith over Torrance just because they have Cam Robinson. They did lose Jawan Taylor, but at the same time, they don't have a bad O line. I mean, they have Brandon Scherf, they li- who's a little they older. Like, they like Walker. Li- they like Walker Little too. Right. The one thing I'll say. The one thing I'll say with Torrance is. I don't know. How, I don't know how good Ben Barch has been. Um, I can look for you real quick. I can look at the PFF numbers real fast, just as a as a rough estimate. Um, they did just sign Darius Williams from the Rams, who's a decently solid corner. But yeah. um, if you're if you're still torn, I can. If you know you're gonna go for, go for it, take go for it. But I will look and see what Ben Barch has done. I don't even know how much he's played, to be honest with you. Right. I think you know Sheriff's on his way out, being you know long time vet for. The then Redskins, and then obviously moving over to the Jags. I'm probably going to go Torrance just because he can play either guard spot. I think it's a good spot for him to go. He can play. He might be able to play tackle. Um, but overall, I just think he's going to be a guard. I think he fits a guard, and guard is their biggest need on the offensive line. So I'm going to go with Osiris Torrance at 24 to the Jacksonville Jags. I think I think they'll like this pick. and. Overall, he played guard. He's going to be a bigger guard, which I think they'll like as well. Just cover more ground. Um, probably a left guard next to Cam Robinson. So I think they'll really like that for Trevor Lawrence and help out uh, further develop, you know, the time he has to work with his weapons as well. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Um, again, I think when you look at look at the offensive line, Ben Barch not played a lot of football. Played like 150 snaps last year. So since he got drafted in 2020, it hadn't been great. So I get it. Um, I think Torrance immediately slots in is a great guard for them. He's got Pro Bowl upside, so um, makes a lot of sense to me. And, and Peterson wants to run the ball like that. Ultimately, like that that's what they're predicated on is being able to run the football and then throw off of it. So love that pick for them there. Giants here at 25. Um, I mean, you got to you got to keep surrounding Daniel Jones with weapons. You just signed him to do a huge contract, 83 million dollars guaranteed, I believe. So. Um, they got to get him weapons. Um, I'm going to go with Jordan Addison here. It's pre- pretty easy for me to go Addison here. Um, when you look at what they have in Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, and Wandale Robinson, what Zay is going to come in and do for you from day one is a lot of what Wandale Robinson does for you day one. Um, and I think Addison gives you the ability to kind of win at every level. Um, more polish than what I think is presented to you with Flowers. And I think the – again, Darius Slayton's still on the roster. They brought him back. So when you look at what you're wanting – Darius Slayton, even Sterling Shepard to kind of do for you with with a deep ball. I think that's what Flowers would have done for you as well. So um, Addison kind of gives you that nuanced route runner. Probably comes comes in in his wide receiver one. I don't think he is a one right now. I think he maybe could be. Um, the size might limit him there, but again, they've got to get weapons in there. They've got guys who can win, and they don't need. Honestly, frankly, they don't need a guy who's a wide receiver one. They've got Darren Waller and they got Saquon Barkley. If Waller can be healthy. He's 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 a one on his own. So um, Addison here makes the most sense. He fits the best for the receivers that are available. Um, I think this is a realistic spot he could go. To be honest with you, I I don't know where he goes. The NFL didn't like his size apparently, 
And with the guys that are going to be drafted ahead of him, the two tight ends obviously is big. JSN's receiver wanted to think teams are going to like Johnson's size a little better. Addison can fall to 25 here and it wouldn't shock. He could also, he could also go at 12 and it wouldn't shock me either. If he went to the Texans at 12, honestly. So um, kind of a wide range for Addison, but um, slots in nicely here for the giants. I agree for sure. Um, I do like that pick. You know, they have a lot of weapons in that room with Addison. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see who they throw out there. They re-signed a couple guys. Um, they could get another. We don't know. But as of now, um, you know, they, they do really well with adding a receiver in the first. I also I also thought about John Michael Schmitz there going back, you know, another another IOL pick here. Um, back to back with 24 being Torrance. Um, I just thought that like the way the board has fallen, Addison's not usually here for them at 25. It's usually going to be Flowers, the only guy that's available. And I don't know how he fit. I don't know. I don't love the fit there personally. Um, so I thought about John Michael Schmitz but again with Addison being here. I think they can go find another. Like I, I, I'm a really big fan as we talked about. I'm a big fan of Luke Whipler, or you can get Steve Avila later. So other guys they can go draft to play guard in the second round. Um. That's why I didn't necessarily go with the pick immediately um, with Addison, but I did think long and hard. Like honestly, if Addison's if if there if three if four sorry three receivers are gone and it's Flowers that's there, it's probably gonna be John Michael Schmitz. I think. I agree. I had the same exact thought process for the Cowboys here, as they do need a left guard. They have Tyler Beard as its center, but I don't think I don't know if they're gonna re-sign him um, when his contract is up. Cowboys they trade for Brandon Cooks, but they traded minimal draft capital. Um, they have CD Lamb, they have Michael Gallup. While Zay Flowers is on the board here, um, I don't know if they do that. Now, it would be a Cowboys pick for them to do that. Um, but ultimately, I think they could further benefit from, you know, a D tackle or a tight end. They lost Dalton Schultz. I don't know. I'm thinking it's between Brian Brzee. Kaja Kansi well, or Darnell that. Washington. But I I love Brzee here. Yeah, between him, Kansi, and Washington right now, because they need a tight end. They do have Jake Ferguson, who they took in the third, I believe. Um I third, yeah. So they could use one. I don't know how they feel about Ferguson. Obviously, he didn't play a ton last year with uh Dalton Schultz being the main guy there. I just think D tackle might be more of a need. You look at their D tackles. Um, Neville Gallimore, who they took in the third out of Oklahoma, I believe. And Osa, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, but I don't believe he played a ton last year. I believe they lost a starter, if I'm not mistaken. So I think I'm going to go D tackle. now. I think Brzee is a little more versatile and they'll provide more um, on that D line that really doesn't have a whole lot outside of, you know, they have Demarcus Lawrence. They signed Tack McKinley, but that was mainly just a Dan Quinn fit I want from previous chemistry yeah. in Atlanta. I don't know if that's going to be a huge deal. Um, and they re-signed Dante the Fowler. The other thing I'll add is Kansi doesn't fit this defense either. Like he fits the need. He doesn't fit. Like he can't, he can't play in this scheme. He can't play a three, four scheme. He, he has to go to a 4-3 defense where he's a, he's a three-tech only, basically. Right? So, unless it's a passing down, you want to put him at one-tech or nose. But he, he can't succeed there on every down. 
he he's not going to be able to a, as a, in the, I as a run defender. Ran a four. I thought they were I thought they were a three maybe oh, I guess they're multiple because of because of what Micah can do. Right. But traditionally, I guess yeah, I guess they can. He he can fit here. It's just he's not an every he's not an every down player. I mean, he's not an every down player anyway. So it didn't really matter to me. Either yeah. way, they can pick them both. I guess. Right. I mean, I I think Brzee has more of an impact. They just can play align in different. Well, he can play in different alignments. He can play more. Um, and I think just overall, he's the better pick for Dallas. Yeah. So I'm probably going to go with him, being that you know he most likely won't be here. I think he could be gone earlier. Um, but I do think this is about you know, the floor for him in terms of where he'll be drafted. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, listen, Brzee, he's an interesting, uh, an interesting study. We've talked about it at pretty, at, at pretty lengthy or at, at, a, at good length, um, just with his medical stuff, his off the field stuff. There's a, a human element here. That's, that's very impactful. Um, but I will say, plays, I'll play devil's advocate for tight end just to kind of get the point out there. With it, with it being Mike McCarthy's offense, Mercedes Lewis was there for a long time and blocked really well. So did Jermarco Finley blocked well for them. So I, Washington's definitely in play, but I think you're right. I think in this situation, I think Brzee's he's very multiple across the front. He had really good tape at end that we talked about. Like we talked about when he played against Donald Wright in Tennessee uh, Clemson Orange Bowl game. So um, I like the versatility. Again, if Dallas feels like they can maximize him and what he can be, he's a great pick. He's a value pick at 26. So um, definitely going to be interesting to see kind of how where he goes because again, I, truthfully, I think he could still go depending on the board at, at eight to Atlanta. Like they could use him, but at the same time, like I don't like how does the league feel about him? I wouldn't be picking him that early personally. I'd be picking him way later, but who knows? Um, the off the field stuff checks out for him, which is big in this D tackle group. But obviously, the stuff with Carter at the top isn't great. So again, he's checks the boxes off the field. Athletically, he checks the boxes. It's just a matter of like, can you get, can you maximize what he did his freshman year when he was hurt sophomore year? He's dealing with unfathomable stuff off the field, person, his personal life. Um, you know, as a junior, so it's just a matter of getting him healthy and getting him right. But I like the pick here for Dallas, um, and they got a value pick at 26 here. So up with the Bills at 27. Um, this one's pretty easy. Um, it's actually not going to be Zay Flowers. It is going to be a receiver, though. Um, while I could go tackle, the way the tackle board has fallen. Mm, let me look at their depth chart because I, I really want to take Jalen Hyatt here for them. I just the thought the thought of putting him with Josh Allen is. Terrifying um, and they could use him, certainly in that offense, but. The way that Doug McDermott runs things there. Doug McDermott, Sean McDermott. I don't want to say Doug McDermott. It's a, I'm I'm on one today. I'm. It's not even late. Like it's three o'clock, and I'm totally goofing. Spurs, but Spurs player. Sean. Yeah, exactly. But Sean McDermott, the way he runs things there. Um, they've always been a trenches team first. Um, we don't know if Spencer Brown is the guy at right tackle for them. And Darnell Wright's available, and I really like Darnell Wright's game. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go with Darnell right here, because they need to tackle really bad. They they got they got exposed in the playoffs. Like their front was bad, they could not block. 
Um, they were tired, obviously, but I'm going to go with Darnell Wright. As much as I want to go with Jalen Hyatt, I'll go with a different Tennessee volunteer and go Darnell Wright. Get him a really good right tackle. Um, if you don't like him at tackle, you can put him at guard if you want to. Honestly, he can play guard. So um, play him at guard, play him at tackle, whatever you want to do, but keep him on the right side of the offensive line and he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense for them overall for that offense. Um, pretty beneficial, you know, to Josh Allen for the running back, yes, James Cook, Naheem Hines, um, creating someone else in that running back room. But next up at 28, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Last week, we did take Dalton Kincaid at 28. Um, you know, I could use a tight end. They lost Hayden Hurst which shows I think they're going to think pretty highly of this tight end class. Um, they could use a left guard. Now, you could put John Michael Schmitz at left guard. They do have Ted Karras um, at center. I think he's still under contract for two years. They're paying him about five, six a year. They could use a defensive tackle. Uh, I don't really think anyone here would make sense at that position. And then they could use a DB, most likely a corner. Now you look at corners on the board and the highest ranked corners left, Cam Smith, Mano Forbes, those are the two main guys still on the board. So it is enticing to say Darnell Washington. Um, they could use a tight end like that. They don't really have one currently. I don't know if they go one in the first round or they wait till the second and hope that one of those top five guys is still there. Um, I mean, they have Chidobi Awuzie and Cam Taylor Britt. Um, I don't know if I want to go corner or tight end. What do you tackle. think? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say tackle because, you know, they have Lyle Collins, but old buddy did not have a good year. Let's be honest. Right. He had a bad year. Um, they're going to trade Jonah Williams. It sounds like, I don't know where. I think Chicago makes a lot of sense, frankly. Um, it gives them freedom of flexibility at nine as well, which makes a lot of sense to me as well. I like we talked about today with them taking Tyree Wilson. Um, so the, my thought here is if they take, they could take Jawan, Dewan Jones. I don't think Anton Harrison's playing right tackle. I think teams are going to draft him as a left tackle. So if, if they're taking what it's going to be Dewan Jones and what you'd, you'd have to do is slide live Collins to guard, which is where he started his career. If I'm not mistaken, he started at guard for Dallas, right? Didn't he play? thought he played left guard for – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just tripping. But I thought he played guard at the beginning of his career for Dallas. Um, let's see. I thought he played tackle. You have no idea. I don't know why I'm – I was thinking tackle, and I didn't put it on their needs, mainly because of a contract they gave Collins. They just signed Odell or – Odell, Orlando Brown Jr. Um. He played guard for, for Dallas, though. He played some guard, which is why I you say think, he had. You think he moves to like left guard or something? Right guard, or yeah, left guard, because Alex Kappa's at right guard. Or they can move. Right. If they want to keep. Well, Collins played left guard for the Cowboys, anyways. Um, I just want to view. Killing me. Um. Yeah, I mean, he played guard for a good bit in Dallas. 
Let me see if I can do this um sorry i'm taking a second looking at this um of course it's not gonna tell me his actual whatever he played some guard i just wonder if they go if they keep getting the offensive line better and it, it would make lyle collins's life easier i also don't know what his contract is i just i'm floating this because again i it's a it's a it's a need it's gonna be a need for him but they did just pay a bag to to uh Orlando Brown Jr. So they could also just take, they could also just take a corner here, like you said. Yeah, I do think it is a tough decision. I just with what they have, you know, being that they spent a first round on Jonah Williams a few years ago, they paid Collins. I don't think he'll be on the team probably in 2024. They did pay Orlando, who I assume will play out his contract there. I think corner might be a little more of a need. Right now, um, you know, I, I think they took Cam Taylor Britton like the third or fourth. Um, Chidobia Wouzier played for the Cowboys, a little bit older. Um, I don't know how, but a little bit older. And I just think they're more likely to go corner here with their, with their not being tight ends. I don't remember when their next pick is. Um, 60, I think it is. So I'm going to go with you Cam probably get one there. Here. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I I will add to the Collins thing. I'll just put a bow on that. He is cuttable this year. He's not gonna come this year, but he is cuttable next year. Um, then he's a free agent in twenty five, but um, he's definitely cuttable next year. I believe they get a, a set. It's seven million dollars on the nose in cap savings. So they probably they might they may not. I don't know. Saints are up here at twenty nine. Saints are such a hard team for me to like think about what they're going to pick because I genuinely have no clue. Um, I, I, I mean, granted, we never know what the Saints are going to do. The Saints are one of these teams that's like, I mean, they're, listen, they're cutting Michael Thomas next year. Um, that's, a, that's a given. Kamara is probably going to suspended, so they signed Jamal Williams. Um, they're going to start Derek Carr. Trevor Penning is going to start at left tackle, whether or not People like it. I think it's going to go very poorly, but they can't draft a tackle here. I actually really like their their interior line of Andrews Pete, Eric McCoy, and Cesar Ruiz. Obviously, Ryan Ramchek, one of the best left tackles in football. Signed Chargers legend Storm Norton as their swing tackle. God-awful signing. Might I add, that guy sucks. No hate. He just did not play good football off the Chargers ever. Literally ever. Um, defensively, they still obviously still have Cam Jordan. Um, the defensive line looks less than stellar. I'll put that lightly. Um, Zach Bond not really been the player they wanted him to be. Pete Warner's been solid, though. Demario Davis, obviously, very good. Um, Paul Sardibos been playing good ball for him, so I like their corner room, I like their DB room a lot, actually. Bradley Roby's still in there at the nickelback spot for him. So, all that said, I think I'm going to take a receiver here, and it's probably going to be Zay Flowers. Um, because I think the question the question becomes: Do they take a tackle? Well, sorry, a tackle. Do they take Zay Flowers or do they take um, Kalaja Kansi? Or do they dip into the edge the edge group or do they go with like a BJ Ojolari here? Right. I think it's probably Zay. Just personally, I think that's probably where they go. Um, 
know, that could use a receiver of his type. I do they take receivers and back do they take a receiver in back to back drafts though in the first round? That's my only question. Right. I mean I don't know. What did Is they it, pick twelve and twenty and twenty twenty two? Twelve and then twenty. Or twelve and eighteen. Yeah. They took Penning at eighteen. Um, I figured they, they, took that, a I figured they could your receiver just being that it's almost a second round pick. Um his, so this feels like a trade back spot to me, honestly. Question is, what is what helps Derek Carr? Because they're in a they're in a position to try and win right now. Like what what makes the team better to win tomorrow? They also took Peyton Turner in the first round of 2021. So who's not been that great either? But I'll go with Zay. They they have to get their receiver room better. Um, and frankly, it's they outside of Olave, they have nobody next year. So I'll go I'll go with Zay. Yeah, I like that. Um, obviously, they restructured Michael Thomas, and the receiver with the receiver room would be solid. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. My last pick of the second mock draft is at 30 with the Philadelphia Eagles. They go a few different ways here. Um, you know, they have, we already mentioned what they have pretty much, uh, being that they picked at 10 and took Brian Branch. They could go wide receiver. Now, the receivers, I think Josh Downs is probably the best one available now. They could go. Hyatt's on the board still. That's true. That is true. I don't know. You think they would go with him being with the receiver room that they already have? He's a slot. I mean, he's going to play in the slot. It's what he, he plays almost exclusively in the slot, Tennessee, in fairness. And he can play outside with the speed. That's true. Plus, I'll say this: um, Smitty's like Smitty's flexible to play in the slot, and I think, honestly, I think both the receivers they have are wide receiver ones, and they're absolute freaks, both of them, in uh, AJ and, and and Smitty. So, those guys can play anywhere. I mean, you can you can t- you can absolutely abuse a slot corner with putting AJ Brown in the slot, and they and they do sometimes. But um, I, I think I'll, I'll add this real quick. I think we get caught up too much. I think everyone does, and a lot a lot in like big draft media gets caught up in like oh. This guy can only play outside a receiver or inside. They're going to move these guys around everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere on the field. Like, Justin Jefferson moves everywhere. A.J. Brown moves everywhere. D-Hop moves. Like, do these guys primarily play outside? Yes, but there's going to be reps that are there in the slot. So, get a little caught up in that sometimes. But off my soapbox. End rant. Yeah, I do think um, the Eagles being with the weapons that they have, I think they go offense here. They could go. Like we mentioned earlier, for off-ball linebacker here, I don't think they dip into that room just yet, as nobody has been taken from that kind of group. Uh, you look at Jack Campbell, Trent Simpson, Drew Sanders could play. Um, I do like, I like Drew that. Sanders here. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs is another option, say. but I like Drew Sanders here for them. Dang, yeah. the, with the edge flexibility, I like that. That's a good. That's I do good. like that's it. A good um, looking at. Their next pick, I believe, isn't until 62. Yeah, it's late. So I don't think one of those top three inside linebackers will be there. I, I'm they like Nicobe Dean, though. Right. I'm leaning a little more towards, well, what did they take? Dean and he fell to the second? Third. Third. It was a value um, pick. I mean, it, that, that's not stopping right. them from taking. I'm just saying that they like him. 
Um, no clue how they feel about Nicholas Morrow. I will throw that out there. I have no, no disrespect to old buddy, but I don't know who that is. Don't recognize the name. I just think, personally, with the amount. Now, they didn't lose as much as some thought they would on defense, but I think with what they did lose, um, I'm going to go Drew Sanders here just because love it. of his versatility. Um, they can they can go receiver on day two. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that fit their offense on day two. You look at, you know, let's just look at receivers. Obviously, Josh Downs probably won't be there by the time they pick. Could use a running back as well. You know, Nathaniel Dell um, in terms Marvin of – Mims. Right, Marvin Mims, Jonathan Mingo, um, a lot of guys that can play, you know, that aren't true out like outside only guys. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go Drew Sanders there, a pick that we didn't have in the first round last week, I believe. And I like it overall, and I think that's the kind of guy Philly likes. Uh, you know, kind of a Mark Micah Parsons type, obviously on a lesser scale in terms of what he can do on a defense, um, just in terms of his role and how he can move around, I think it'll be really beneficial to the Eagles, especially as they're transitioning uh, most of the coaches on the defensive side. Yeah, I love that pick. I was As you were talking, I was scrolling down the board and I go, man, Drew Sanders would be awesome here. Just the fit with the edge the edge rush ability, the, the ability that to play off-ball linebacker and what was literally like, what, a year of it, um, I like a lot. Um, they're probably going to have to bring a vet into that room anyways, but we know the Eagles, like they love depth on the defense, which is why they're so good, frankly. So, um, really like the pick there. Honestly, if you didn't make it this week, I was going to do it next week. Like I was going to like refuse any trade outs, but any trade out for them and only take Drew Sanders next week at 30. Cause I love the, I love the fit so much. So glad you did that. Glad you made the pick there. I love the fit for Sanders. Um, love the fit for the Eagles as well. All around a really, really, really good um, just fit kind of as is. Brings me to the Chiefs at 30. And I believe last week we had them taking Dewan Jones. Darnell right last week. I knew knew it was a right tackle. Um, No right tackles on the board that I'm taking here. I don't think Anton Harrison can play. Not that he can't. I just don't think he's a – I don't know if he's a right tackle. Um, But he would he would fit what they need here. I'll tell you that much. Let me pull up their depth chart real quick and see where. Like Kansas, honestly, I think, I think Casey can move up and get a t- and get a right tackle in this draft. Um, they don't like Lucas Nyang. Like he they 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 gave that a shot and it just did not really work for him. Um, obviously, a receiver is going to be thought about here. But frankly, I I despite popular, I like their receiver room. Like they don't have to go get a receiver here right now. I don't think. Um. You know, I like Sky Moore, I like MVS, and I like Tony. And I think for what they need is like an X. And that's not that, that's not on the, like they could take Hyatt and that'd be great. And like, yeah, it'd be terrifying. But is it any different than having like is it any different than having Sky Moore or MV like both those guys are fast. It's not like Jalen Hyatt is like this four two speed guy. And I think the four four is gonna set him back a little bit. Um and I ain't taking A.T. Perry. I'm not taking Michael Wilson here. I'm not taking Kayshawn Boutte here. There are players that will be there for them in the second round. I think Cedric Tillman's a great fit in the second round for them at receiver. Um, oh, Dewan Jones on the board. Yep. I'm dumb. It's Dewan Jones. Sorry. I'm 
again, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't know if it's didn't get good sleep or I'm just like got a lot going on today. I don't know. But Dewan Jones, pick a 31 with the Chiefs. Pretty easy. Um, need a right tackle. He jumps in from day one and starts there. Um, and they keep that train rolling, dude. They they could take an edge. Obviously, it, I didn't really talk about it, but it's it's certainly on the table for him. Um, obviously, losing Frank Clark. I think Will McDonald's in play. B.J. Ojolari's in play. Um, even like Adebwari from Northwestern's in play. Like more a multiple guy up front. Um, Tulu Pelodu, Isaiah Foskey, like any of those guys could theoretically go here at 31. But again, all those names are just Felix, Felix and Indike Uzama. But all those names are just listed. They could just trade up and get one in the second round. Like they could move halfway up the, third, the second round and pick one. And it wouldn't cost right. that much. They've got 11 picks. They've got some comps they could move. So they could do it. Um, I'll, I'll go with Dewan Jones here, who'd go pretty early on into the second round. Um, and if we get a full 32 picks in here, the pick at 32 would be Anton Harrison. Just put that out there. The same the Steelers take Anton Harrison at 32, and it would be like the most obvious top of the second round pick ever. I feel like. Um, but that kind of that concludes mock draft Monday 2.0. Um, I like the way we ended it there with Dewan Jones. Um, not a guy we had in the first round last week. A guy who could very well be in the first round it, on draft night. Again, we had we had one more tackle go in the first round this week than we did last week. Um, Jalen Hyatt went at 25, didn't go in the, in the first round this week in this draft. Um, they're definitely a little bit different. So um, I like it a lot, though. I like that we did some stuff different, a lot of different picks this week, um, different perspectives, which is nice. Obviously, next week we'll be switching odds and evens, um, maybe with some trades in there as well. Just kind of, again, switch the perspective, give some different takes on different picks. Obviously, Brett's going to be picking for, um, you know, my team, the Chargers. I'll be picking for his team, the Ravens. And it'll be cool to see kind of how we view the needs on each other's teams. Like, obviously, I think. I've been I've said it like I think receivers of a glaring need for them, but I, I also agree that corners a need for them. Like we've talked about this before and um it'd be good to see kind of each of us and not just those two teams, but you know, all thirty one picks will be different next week. So um interesting to see where, where both of us go next week. I think it was cool that we got a lot of the unique and different like I think a lot of unique prospect fits again. Same with the last week. We had unique picks there. I think some things we haven't seen is like Tyree Wilson let last into nine for the Bears. Um you see but we had Devon Witherspoon last into 14 for the for the uh, for the Patriots. Nolan Smith goes at 15 to the Packers. I like that. Like Kincaid at 16 of the Commanders is different. And I love that. So um, a lot of different picks this week. A lot of different landing spots. Um, so I'm glad we got that this week and um, looking forward to next week's as well. Yeah, for sure. This one was fun. Uh, second edition of the mock draft. Overall, I had most of the same guys go in the first round as we did last week. Uh, you know, Josh Downs didn't. Anton Harrison, like you mentioned, Kalijah Kansi. Will McDonald, edge out of Iowa State, is another guy that could, like you said, uh, Felix Anadike Zama. BJ Ojolari could slide in, or um, go in the back end of the first round. I don't know if he will, uh, but definitely another option that could. But overall, uh, a good bit different from last week. I think we probably had about five or so, four or five picks that were the same as last week's. Um, you know, obviously Anton didn't go in the first this week. We had him going at 17 last week to the Steelers. Um, but yeah, overall, I like this mock a good bit different, even though we were picking for the same teams. Um, so yeah, it pretty much wraps up uh, mock draft Monday 2.0. Next Monday, we will have 3.0, where we will have the first round only of a two round mock where I'm going to be picking odds, you're going to be picking evens, and we will have trades. So probably take a little bit longer today. We try to stay. Probably around three minutes a pick 
went a little over on some guys, a little under on some others. Um, but yeah, pretty good mock overall. Uh, this upcoming Friday, we are going to have our normal episode, episode 44. We're going to be having a, a Final Four National Championship preview, NBA update as they're nearing the playoffs. Um, you know, NFL, we had a couple things happen yesterday, but not too much. And yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, we'll see you off episode 44 on Friday and then for Mock Draft 3.0 on Monday. See you guys later next week with a bunch of content and um, definitely looking forward to it. Obviously, a lot of March Madness stuff, like you said. Um, maybe a little Masters preview as well, which would be cool for golf. Um, and then again, Mock Draft 3.0 should be way different. Trades, switching the odds and evens like we talked about. So big stuff coming this week. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you guys soon.